Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast, brand new intro music for this week because this is Masters Week and this is your DFS preview. Joining me to break it all down is Greg Ducharme. Greg, how about that intro, dude? Uh, you can't beat it. It's, it is perfect. So Jacob, uh, great job on that. We got to keep that thing rolling. Cause it is just fantastic. It's so good. Uh, drop the questions in the chat. We'll get through as many as we can. We are going live again. Also, obviously a big week for us. We've got Mark on site. We've got Kyle on site. So if you want to ask any questions about anything, now's the time drop a five-star rating and review in Apple iTunes, leave your question uh, in that review you and we'll be do our best to get through it also golf props they're back greg uh more money than ever five grand if you win the golf props this week we'll talk about that but a big big prize my friend yes it, it signed me up i mean these things are the best they're uh it look, how could you how could you pass up that opportunity i don't understand it so you got to get involved answer 10 questions, win five grand. It's very, very simple. And I will tell you, one of them has gotten easier because uh, Sergio Garcia is no longer playing. So one of them's a lot easier, Greg. There you uh, go. Yeah. Cut- special hand. I think, I think even <laughs> I could get that one right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, here we go. So let's, let's jump into this, this week. Now uh, the masters, of course, we know everything there is to know about the tradition, but the one tradition that we are not going to see this year, Greg, is the 10 shot rule. So normally the cut line would be the top 50 players and ties plus anyone within 10 shots of the lead. Sometimes this comes into play. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you get a lot more golfers who make the weekend if it's a really compact leaderboard, but no more in 2020 uh, the, the 10-shot rule is gone. So those six of six lineups going to be even more difficult to get through. Uh, top 50 in ties, as you mentioned. Um, and I, I, we talked about this on, on uh, Newbury Golf a little bit this morning. I think a lot of that has to do with the, the daylight and, and how much time you're actually going to have to play, which is an important aspect here. So you want to make sure you get, you get the rounds in, especially on Saturday and Sunday. And when I say daylight, it's more than just daylight. It's what we want to end by three o'clock on Sunday, right? And, we, and if there's weather, if there, there's a lot of factors involved here, um, but I think this is ultimately a move to limit the field over the weekend, which could be a, a, a good thing, I think, for our viewing purposes. But it could be disappointing for some of the players. Like, for instance, last year, there were nine players that um, that, that would have been uh, that, that got in through the 10 shot rule that would not have gotten in um, if it were this year. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But that being said, Rick, last year, three over got in. Uh, seven under was leading at the time. Those players at three over would have had to reach uh, over the weekend. They would have had to play 16 under to get into a playoff with tiger and 17. And so what's the likelihood of that happening? It's very slim. Um, So I don't think it's a huge deal, but it definitely affects fantasy golf. 
Mark Nickerson is in the chat. Welcome everyone. Drop those questions. I see them. I'll, uh, I'll bring them up at the appropriate time throughout the show. Greg, we're getting more details. We've got boots on the ground. We're starting to see Augusta national in November form, uh, Augusta national released how thick or, uh, how long or how short, however you want to put it, the cuts will be for fairways, greens, collars. And then of course the old, all mowings are subject to weather conditions and growth because Greg in November masters is uh, we, we, we spent a lot of time talking about how the weather could impact the week. And I'll tell you what, I think they dodged about half of a bullet here, you know, high seventies, low eighties all week long. It's going to be warm. No concerns there. The only real concern I suppose is that there are thunderstorms and rain in the forecast uh, essentially every single day. Yeah, um, I think early in the week, Thursday is the day that you really got to watch out for weather wise. As it goes along, you may get a shower here or there, but I, I think they I think they're going to have some pretty good luck. I don't think it's going to be a washout by any means. When, when you see thunderstorms like you do for Thursday, that can be a good sign because it can while it may delay play, it can often mean that they they come in and they go out a little bit quicker whereas rain throughout an entire day might not be quite as fun. So I'm actually optimistic about the weather. I do think it will affect the way the golf course plays, but I think you're going to see these guys um, competing throughout every day. I don't think you're going to see a major weather delay. Maybe that's just me being hopeful, me being optimistic, but you're right, Rick. The biggest news is the temperatures. And um, we have some, you know, the, the low eighties, high seventies for the highs, which is great, but the lows are not as low as we expected. Yeah. We expected to see some lows that may even touch the 40s, uh, low, low 50s at times, um, which can happen this time of year. That's not going to be the case. Lows are going to be in the in the 60s, um, even high 60s at times. So that is, I, I think, going to make this tournament a little bit more normal as far as the temperature is concerned, a welcome surprise for the players. Yeah. I think they dodged a, an unseasonably cold week in November in Georgia. It could have been real frigid. I want to pick up David Walker's question here because I think this is a good time for it. He talks about European players and which ones we like. I assume that, you know, weather, right. I mean, the guy, let's, let's be real guys on the PGA tour. They play in ideal condition conditions almost every single week. The European tour guys play in a bit, a little bit sloppier, a little bit rainier, sometimes a little bit windier and colder. You know, uh, David asked about, you know, Shane Lowry, about Lee Westwood, but are, are, are we doing anything with Europeans as a whole because of the weather conditions? And what do you think about those two guys specifically? Uh, rain is one thing, right? But when the real challenge that the European players face more often than PGA Tour player, man, more often may not even be fair, but the, the real challenge, the real nasty weather where I, I'm looking at Europeans to have a slight advantage is when it's wind and rain a combination. And this week you're not really, at least what's forecasted, you're not going to see winds that reach double digits. Now that still presents a challenge at Augusta national A five mile an hour wind can be the difference between you hitting a great shot, making a birdie and hitting it into uh Ray's Creek yeah. or another um, penalty area on the golf course. It can mean the difference between a, a birdie and a double bogey in an instant. But that doesn't necessarily uh, favor Europeans in my opinion. Um, so I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm really favoring Europeans. There are some Europeans I like this week, which we'll get to as we go move along here. Yeah. Um, but Shane Lowry was one. Who is the other? Uh, Lee Westwood. 
So it, it, Lee Westwood's interesting to me because he's been hitting the ball really well and he hasn't really lost that touch. And he's played well at Augusta before many times in the past. I just, I still have some questions about his putting and he, is he going to get into a major and, um, and, and turn into a better putter? Is, is this going to be the week where, where Lee Westwood is a great putter? I, I don't really have great confidence with that, but I do like Lee Westwood in his price range. I, I want I think he's down uh pretty, he's down somewhat low, I would say. Um, yeah, 7,200. So he would be an option in that price range um, without question. Jane Lauer. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say producer Jacob knows that uh, conditions like this could create a good mud ball and Bubba loves mud balls, mud ball, yes. mud ball. That's the best video I've ever seen. <laughs> he loves it, man. Um, that is an interesting factor because Rick, I believe that carry distance is really important in a week like this. If it's soft, if we do get the rain, which as you can see on this report here, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday rain and, and even into Friday as well, although scattered showers Friday, um, that, that softens the golf course. It softens the fairways and it, it can lead to some mud balls, especially the higher you hit it, the, the more likely you are to get a mud ball. So I'm, I'm very curious to see that balance of the mud ball versus the carry distance. I, I have a funny feeling carry distance is going to win. I have a funny feeling it will as well. Also, Greg, the golf props are back, baby. $5,000 by winning our golf props games for this weekend's tournament in Augusta, Georgia. That's me, Quizmaster Rick, has already loaded all of the questions in online and they are ready to rock and roll at cbssports.com slash golf props. A link is in the description and you will need a CBS Sports account to play. You can also find the game on CBS Sports on the CBS Sports app. It's easy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy to play. And here is a question you'll find in the game, Greg. Who will make more birdies or better at the Masters? Your options are Justin Thomas, John Rahm, or the tie. Oh, this is a good one, Quizmaster Rick. Because <laughs> Thank you. Um, last time these two played uh, at the Zozo, it was a quite a battle between the two of them at Sherwood. So it'll be interesting to see these two go at it again. I imagine they're both going to have a great week. I'm going to side with Justin Thomas here. Um, I'm not really sure why it's hard to differentiate between these two because they're both so talented, but I'm going to give it a, uh, give a slight edge to Justin Thomas with the iron play. I think that's going to make the difference. I think it's going to lead to more birdies or better. Okay, I'm also going to take Justin Thomas, but I'm going to save my explanation for the $10,000 range that we are going to jump into right now, led by Bryson DeChambeau at $11,200 on DraftKings. Justin Thomas, the aforementioned, 10100 John Rahm, 10500 Rory McIlroy, 10002 and DJ Dustin Johnson at an even 10000 Greg, you and I were talking before we because the pricing came out so early for the masters it came out before the houston open uh dustin johnson goes out has a great week last week his odds have moved but of course the daily fantasy pricing is not going to change so that built-in value on dustin johnson at ten thousand, i think it's certainly appealing it, it is absolutely appealing and that is the the factor to look at is i would call this uh disrespectful pricing but we did see what happened last week. So I understand where it comes from. Um, but for DJ, this is the steal of the tournament right now. This is the best player in the world. He's world number one and deservedly. So he's finished inside the top six since the PGA championship, every event. And his worst finish was the U S open, which was tied six. He went second at the PGA 
first at the Northern Trust, second at the BMW, which he lost to a 63-foot putt in a playoff to John Rahm. Uh, and then he wins the Tour Championship. And then he comes in tied six at the U.S. Open. And then he, he uh, comes in, in tied second as well last week. So he's in great form. And there's a determination in Dustin Johnson's eye that I can't look past. He is motivated right now. And there's this kind of idea that Dustin Johnson doesn't really care very much. And he's just out there playing. Well, from what I'm seeing, the way he is as methodical as he is on the greens right now, um, the, the intensity that he has in his eyes, I'm, I'm not get, getting the sense that this is a, uh, yeah, it's another tournament. We're going to go and um, play as best we can. I think this is, I'm going to go win this tournament. And this is, uh, Dustin Johnson to me is due. So I'm definitely putting him in some, if, I mean, he, he's in my, he's court, due. No the guy's question. won like three times in like his last nine starts. He, oh, he's due for a, a, ma- a master's win. He's got one major. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. He's okay. got one major. And I think Brooks reminded him of that too at the PGA. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All good. Uh, real quick. Producer Jacob is dropping graphics in the live chat, which I did not know was coming. So hit the like button. Producer Jacob working hard behind the scenes. Much appreciated. We have to talk about Bryson D- but you and I, again, before we hopped on here, I, I think this could go one of two ways for Bryson. He, he either wins this by multiple shots or things go horribly wrong. And I would come out of those, you know, make the cut parlays white Moses, right? I mean, that's a question from the chat about guys you might want to avoid. I think Bryson is intentionally... Uh, increasing his range of outcomes. He's going to try to take lines and be aggressive in situations that uh, we've never seen before. And and the way he tries to cut 13 and the way he tries to, I don't know, make corner at two, if that goes hairy, I think this can go sideways pretty quickly for him, especially with some of the putting woes that he's had at Augusta national. So I'm very, I'm very optimistic on Bryson. I think if things go right, they go really right. But I also Greg think if things go South, they go really South. I think there's a middle ground here. Um, It'll be the test will be when something goes wrong, what happens? How does he handle it? Does he try to bite off more than he can true? Does he try to, uh, does he try to get it all back in one or does he take it as, as is and, and move on to the next shot? Um, Which I would hope, but look, there's a huge advantage here. There's no question. It's been well-documented. Some of the clubs that he's going to hit into these greens, um, and, and the rain in the forecast is a big advantage for him. I, I think yeah. his distance plays a greater role when it's soft because his approach, um, his, his wedge play, iron play, which has been, you know, I would say the le- le- least attended to area of his game. It's, it's an area that he cares about, but it, it hasn't gotten the attention of the putting. It hasn't gotten the attention of the club at speed and the driving. So I look to the iron play as well. He gets an advantage when it's a little bit softer. Um, when the ball is bouncing on the greens and need to be that much more precise, he may be at more of a, of a disadvantage. So I, even at, even at the U S open there, the greens at some, in some spots were not as firm as we might've expected. Yeah. So I do think the the conditions will be an advantage to Bryson. But as we said, I mean, there's a, there's a pathway where he doesn't win. These greens are not easy. And it, they, there are so many challenges. You get on the wrong side of some of these hole locations, it can get away from you quickly. So even though you're hitting a short club on into many of these greens, danger lurks right around every corner. So I don't, I'm not handing this thing to Bryson at this point. Well, I think what you, what you said is interesting. Like we're only grading Bryson on two outcomes. He wins or he doesn't. Right. And, and that's, and that's basically, you know, the own, the own expectations he's put on himself, the expectations we've now put on him 
And so like nine, which would be a great finish in any major championship. Uh, you're probably not happy if you paid the full $11,200 for him. But Greg, there is a guy in the 10th, thousand dollars that I've now convinced myself is going to win this, win this golf tournament. I think he's, uh, probably the best fantasy play and it's Justin Thomas. He's, he's, he's 10,700 Bryson at the top DJ at the bottom. And since the restart, Greg, Justin Thomas leads this field in strokes gained approach. He leads this field in strokes gained around the green that comes in handy. He hits it far. Uh, he wins golf tournaments, especially smaller field events that are, uh, I don't want to say this is a no cut event because every year we get one or two guys, one or two of the big names who, who find a way to blow up on a hole. But like this, it's time. It's JT time. You talk about guys that are ready for their second major championship. It's Justin Thomas. Rick, I, I, I can't argue with you here. I, <laughs> I love the work that he's done. Um, and, and on course record this morning, he was my, he was my pick. So I, I love, I love Justin Thomas in this spot here. Um, now he's, he's probably, he's not quite the value play of Dustin Johnson, no. but he's a guy that I, I can't turn away from the iron play on a second shot golf course like this. Um, and even for Bryson, it's going to turn into a second shot golf course. Justin Thomas has a huge advantage and he can make birdies. He can make Eagles. He can keep up with firepower of a uh, Bryson DeChambeau. He can keep up with the firepower of a John Rahm or, or a Dustin Johnson or, or a Brooks Kepka. He can keep up no matter how well they're playing. His best is if, if it's not as good, it's really close to all of those guys. So I, I think he's ready to win another major. The thing that I'll be watching with Justin Thomas is, how he handles the greens. If, yes. if you see him missing some putts to the right, it may be a concern. Um, if, if early on he's got the ball started online and he's making some, and he's getting a little bit of momentum, he's going to be in the conversation on Sunday without question. Let's jump down to the ninth. It's away. Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantley, Colin Morikawa, Terrell Hatton, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Tiger Woods, the defending champion and bubble Watson egg. Uh, there is a, a grab bag here. Anything you want. Uh, what is it that you want? Well, I, I love the the top of this list, uh, which, which is quite obvious. <laughs> but but when you look at a yes. a Xander Shoffley, a Brooks Kepka, a Patrick Cantlay, all three of those guys, there's so much to like. I mean, it's hard eye emoji. You you love these guys because Xander, every time he tees it up in a major championship, is right there in the mix, right? He was right there in the mix last year. He's going to be right there in the mix again this year. We know it. It's just, can Xander close the deal and get the job done? I don't have the confidence in Xander winning as much as I do with Brooks Kepka. Um, although Brooks Kepka to me is more along the lines of what you were saying about Bryson Rick, where it's, well, he can win. We know if he gets into contention, he's going to be really hard to beat on Sunday. Yeah. And if he's within one, two, three shots of the lead on Sunday, he's, there's a good chance he's the favorite heading into that final round. So I love Kepka for that reason. Patrick Cantlay just coming off of a win. I also love his game is very well suited. He was on the lead. Um, he, he, was on the lead in 2018 and he came in tied ninth last year. He's got a, a great record here um, and he's in great form. So all three of those guys I love. Um, and, and, and then you got Bubba Watson down at the, at the bottom nine K flat and he's a two-time champion and he's also in great form. 
So, yeah, he has. you know, Rick, I, I look at this and it's almost, it's almost like we're in this situation where it's a blind dart throw because how do you go wrong? Is there, are there any of these guys you look at and say, I'm, I'm a little cautious with this player for this reason? Yeah. So, okay. So Kevin, Kevin from the chat thinks that someone from the nine K range will win. That is, I think that's a pretty good idea. Um, I, I'm a lot more concerned about Brooks Kepka than I think a lot of people are. Um, he gained over six strokes other shot and a half around the greens. It was his basically third best short game week ever. I'm worried that he's not able to continue. And I mean, I, I'm trying to think, and, and, and Kyle kind of caught me off guard with this uh, a couple of days ago when he was describing how Brooks Kepka telegraphs his victories saying that, uh, you know, usually before his wins, he finishes in the top 10 somewhere. And, and I went back and looked and he's right. Um, but I also am trying to think like, When's the last time Brooksy's gone back to back with top tens? Like in the last calendar year, like we haven't seen him put two good weeks together in a row, you know? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But Rick, this is a major championship. I mean, he was in the PGA championship. He, he was a, part of the conversation until Is that real? Is that real? Well, he is immensely talented. Is that, re- and there, is that real? signs. Yeah, I, I think I think it is. I really do. I, I think he turns his game to a different level. And it's something we say about athletes in not just golf, but in all sports. Oh, he has that extra gear. It's not just a distance term, right? It's a focus term. It's a, your, your play level. Patrick Mahomes does it when he gets up against a tough competition, all of a sudden he he gets down 24 points in a playoff game. And all of a sudden he, he shifts into another gear. Um, He gets a little bit more focused and he plays a little bit more better. His performance increases just a little bit more. We see that with Brooks Kepka. And I really do think there's a real switch that he can flip. Um, and I am very confident with the short game and the putting, which is why I believe he has a chance to win this tournament because the thing I'm least worried about with him is his iron play, even though it was the worst area of his game last week. Iron play was a struggle. I think uh, it, it's the strong suit of his game as a, his fingerprint as a player. I think it comes back this week. I do really like the Bubba stuff. And, and we've talked about this a lot, right? Bubba's got a hall of fame career at three Augusta national has uh, disproportionately allowed left-handed players to win it. Um, uh, Mark, Mark referred to Bubba as a defensive putter, which usually plays well around Augusta national. He's hitting the ball well from T to green. So I think we're on the same page there. Let's let's spend, and I don't know how much time we have to spend on this, but talk about tiger. He's $9,100. Um, I will be absolutely thrilled on Sunday if he slips on the green jacket for the sixth time. Uh, but I will have lost because I will have no investments in it. I am right there with you. I couldn't agree more. There's no. the, last year heading into 2019, there were many signs that, that success was coming. Um, there was not just the the win at the tour championship the year before, um, but there was a great run in the match play. And he really, um, he lost to, I believe, Christian Bezaiden out after beating Rory McIlroy in a morning round. He had to play 36 holes that day. And I think he lost that match because of a poor decision on 18. But the game was in great form. The iron play was in great form form. He was able to find fairways when he needed to find fairways and he was able to make some putts when he needed to make putts. So from, from T to all the way through the green, every area of his game was strong and he got on that property and he wasn't working on anything. He looked like the best player in the field and he walked around with this um, air of confidence 
which is every, every report that I hear is when he got there, he walked around like he owned the place and, and he did for that week. (laughs) And I don't, Rick, I don't see any of that right now. I see uh, a player in the few events he's played in 2021. He's losing strokes in every category. He's outside the top 170 uh, on the PGA tour uh, as for PGA tour statistics in every major strokes game category. So how is this, how is this guy going to just, win because he has a great course record. We talk about it all the time. I favor recent form over course history. Um, I'll put a bow on it like this because you mentioned the lead in form and I I ran the numbers earlier this week in the eight tournaments prior to his 2019 uh, master's victory. He was gaining strokes in all four categories. Like you had mentioned, Greg, all four of the strokes gain categories this year, he's losing in his eight events prior to right now. Uh, he's losing in three of the four categories. He's essentially two strokes per round this time around. It is evident. It is, um, it's tough. It's a, it's a dart throw at the moment. Um, Zach is enjoying the show. Thank you very much in the chat. We'll try to get through as many as we can here at the right time. Uh, we're going to get into the 8k range and find some value, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code first at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. Quickest break ever. 
Uh, 8K range, Greg. Uh, this starts off with guys like one Adam Scott uh, and goes down to, let's see, Paul Casey at a flat 8,000. We've got a couple of, uh, we've got a couple of past champions in here. I guess, well, Sergio Garcia has withdrawn. So don't, don't play Sergio. Uh, Jordan Spieth is here. Uh, Jason Day, who has a great master's record is here. Um, who in this range moves the needle most for you? Oh, who moves it? Well, there are two guys that really jump off the page to me, and I'm very interested in seeing how they do. Um, and we we watched them yesterday, right? They were they contended yesterday. It's Hideki Matsuyama and Jason Day. Um, Jason Day to me, his swing looks really good right now. And when Jason Day's iron play is in good form, he's he's really hard to beat. He's the best player around the greens on the PGA Tour, so he does gain a lot there. Uh, he is a great putter, which is it, it bodes really well for him at Augusta national, but he's got great finishes there at Augusta national. So I like Jason day. Cause he's, he, he's coming in off a hot week and it reminds me of what happened heading into the PGA championship. I know that this time the major championship comes a little bit sooner. It's earlier on in the streak, but it, uh, I could see another Jason day streak starting this week. Um, uh, additionally, Hideki Matsuyama, who also came in tied second along with Dustin Johnson, uh, seems to have something going with the putting and he is a regular great ball striker. It, it never stops with him. So yeah. when, when Hideki gets a little confidence going with the putter, he's someone to watch out for. And Rick, when I look through these things, Matthew Wolf definitely is a guy you got to look at as well. Mm -hmm. But to me, guys who can carry the ball a long way, guys who hit the ball a long way is something that especially when we get away from the big guns where everybody hits it a long way. Now we really got to start looking into that um, because now we get a little bit more of a mix of some long hitters, some not so long hitters. And I'm taking a guy who's a great ball striker, hits it plenty high like Hideki. Well, I'll tell you what, Alex Hahn in the chat agrees with you. He likes Hideki and Jason Day. I certainly think that uh, Jason Day's results on paper for our math from CJ cup or Zozo. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, maybe CJ cup where he was like in the top 10 on Sunday and he, and he withdrew. He was playing much better than his, his WD will indicate. So I'm okay with that. You mentioned Matthew Wolf. So I don't think it's all that. Uh, I don't think it's much of a coincidence that Matthew DeChambeau play well at the same courses, right? I think that they benefit long hitters. Now the concern for Matthew Wolf Matt, uh, is a couple of things. He is uh, coming off the worst driving performances of his career at this at the Zozo Championship and the CJ Cup. Um, that's his weapon, though. I'm willing to think he's had a couple of weeks to figure it out. He 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 gets back. And the other thing that goes against him is that he's making his, his first appearance. I'd argue, Greg, this year more than any other year, with the class of first timers that we have, with the weird Augusta National in November, uh, no patrons like I like first timers this, this year. I'm, I, I'm not necessarily you know, writing them off as much as we'd like to do in other weeks. Yeah, it's a good point, Rick. I, I don't think you write them off because they're first timers. I'm not necessarily favoring first timers, but um, uh, they have a greater advantage this year than they normally do uh, yes. against other first timers, right? It's not an advantage over the rest of the field. It's an advantage over past first timers who have not had great success. Um, but that being said, right the soft conditions also, um, they, they will help a first timer. You can get away with a little bit more when greens are a little bit softer. They're not going to be soft. It's not going to be hit and splat, but they will be softer than they are when it's firm and fast. So that 
presents a little bit more of an opportunity. You can get away with a mistake more often than you can in a normal year. And that will bode well for these players. Also, as, as time goes on and our viewing experience, uh, the, the analysts as they continue to cover masters year in and year out, it's almost like you've played it when you haven't played it. You know where to miss, where not to miss from watching it every year. And as time goes along and these broadcasts get better and better and the technology and the coverage of the greens and as all that continues to improve, I think first timers are going to start to have a, uh, a greater understanding because as they all say, Rick, you got to know where to miss. And yes. it's, it's almost in a strange way not that hard to figure out if you um, if you've been paying attention for a really long time. And Ricky Fowler told us about those quadrants when we interviewed him a couple of days ago, that is available in the first cut pod and on YouTube in those feed. You can check that out. Alex wants to know if Tony Finau gets over 30% owned in single entry contests. I think it'll be close. Alex, I think he's probably going to be one of the highest owned offers on the slate. I'm going to move down to the 7k range. There's Greg, there's someone I want to talk about in the 8k range, but I'm going to save him for the end. Uh, I want to jump into the 7k real quick because I think there's some, some interesting, um, you start to see the player pool expand. There's a lot of guys in the 7k range, but maybe not as much as a full field event. It is led off by Louis Ustay and Scott, Justin Rose, all the way down to Danny Willett, Ian Poulter, Jason Kokrak. Um, Scotty Scheffler, shocking to see this number on him really well uh, up until the U S open. He had to withdraw because he tested positive for COVID hasn't really rounded back into form yet. He had two really great rounds in Houston, two pretty poor rounds. We know what he can do in terms of drafts King scoring. So he's, he's someone that I'm, I'm pretty laser focused on in the seven K. The, the top two players in this range, um, I have my eyes on, um, and Louis Ustazen, because of what he tends to do in major championships, he's very comfortable at this venue. Um, and I expect Louis game to hold up this week. So I do, I am a fan of him. Um, Scotty Scheffler is almost the obvious one, another great value play where his talent far exceeds his price. So I look to a Scotty Scheffler as a guy who's going to, he has the potentially has the firepower to compete here. He hits it plenty far. 308 yards off the tee last year, which is plenty long. Um, he hits it high. He's fearless, which I love about him. He will play aggressive. And if he can maintain control of his iron play, which I want to say last year for the whole 2020 season, he was 33rd on tour um, uh, approaching the greens, 10th tee to green. Um, if if he can bring his best stuff and and keep his wits about him and play smart when he needs to play smart, aggressive when he needs to play aggressive, he's going to be a great choice. Uh, so those two guys right at the top have the firepower to contend in this event. Uh, uh, maybe a, a step too far to say they could win, but I think they can contend first page leaderboard type players. So I'm, I'm definitely looking there. Then as I go the rest of the way, Rick, I want to get your strategy on this general mm -hmm. strategy. But for me, I'm looking for guys who have really high club at speed. I'm looking for distance. You know, some players that are maybe a little shorter, one or two of them is going to pop up. But you just increase your chances when you go with guys with really high club head speed. So the guy that jumps off for me as the lower end 7K range is Jason Kokrak. He's a great yes. driver of the golf ball. And at 7,000 flat, a winner this year on a difficult golf course where everybody was saying leading in, it's a great setup for Augusta National, great preparation. Kokrak to me jumps off the page as a great value play. 
Yeah, he's he's seven thousand flat. He is someone that I'm glad you brought him up um, because he was seventh on tour in driving distance last year. People don't realize that. Like when you when you start naming bombers, you never get to Jason Kokrak. Should uh, I was more impressed? I feel like I was more impressed not with his victory, but the fact that after playing 300 events and getting your first win, you backed it up the next week with a top 20, like a similarly deep field. Like I was even more impressed with that. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in on Jason Kokrak. Uh, we got a question about Sung JM earlier. I, I wish he's just been, uh, I mean, he's just been meddling around kind of, uh, what's the word just, just floating. I mean, he's just, he's not doing anything in the game. It's kind of all over the place at the moment. And one of those shorter hitters that I think could pop Greg is Cam Smith. He's 7,300. Um, here's, here's what I think about Cam Smith. He's on a 10 cut, uh, streak right now. He's made the cut 10 straight times, which I'm not so worried about this week, but I look at his last two events. And Sozo played really well. Um, he's, he has a top five here two years ago. And if you, if this is wet, if it is kind of nasty, if it is a little soggy, that's how he won the Sony open in January. It was kind of nasty and soggy all week long, especially on Sunday. Uh, I think he might be able to put it all together. So that's, that's track. I'm focused on uh, Cam Smith. I probably don't want anything to do with like Gary Woodland, who's just playing through injury right now. And then Scotty Scheffler at the top is, is as you mentioned, Greg, I think that's the obvious one. Yeah, I, I would agree, Rick. And I, I think Cam Smith is a great ad. And and these are players that stand out in this kind of um, in this area in, in amongst their peers. So I, I think, I think uh, Cam Smith's definitely a guy to add in there and take a look at him. Okay. Let's jump down to the 6K. This is where you really need to, to figure this out. This is where you have a combination of consistent names that we see every single week, like an amateur or two, and then you've got the past champions and you're trying to figure out what to do with it, Greg. There's a couple of names that um, I think are obvious for me, right? If you've been following along, I'm going to say Lonto Griffin's name. I'm going to say Sebastian Munoz's name, but there is one guy at 6,800 See, we don't, we don't spend a lot of oxygen on, uh, but I was running the numbers from the restart, Greg, and I, and I hate to even compare him to Justin Thomas, but he's not as good version of Justin Thomas. They've both been hitting their irons. Well, they've both been great around the green. Siwoo has popped at times, obviously JT much better. The results are much better, but they're doing it in a somewhat similar style that's probably a name that I could get on because I think, I think that Zach Johnson is going to be incredibly popular. Passing around back into form. Um, I, I think that he'll be popular. A nice pivot might be the old Siwoo. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from there, but I like another guy that you mentioned um, in Sebastian Munoz. Yeah. To me, at 6,700, he's the play. Um, I, I think he has in this group, uh, he's got a higher floor, a higher ceiling than a Zach Johnson. Um, for sure. If it was going to get really windy out there and we were going to get 20 mile an hour winds, then Zach Johnson would come more into my radar. Uh, but with these conditions, when it's a little bit soft, this is going to be an aerial game and you're going to need some, some height. You're going to need some distance, as I've said, in every price range. And Sebastian Munoz does that. And there's not a lot of options down here that gives you that. Does that mean that's the only way every single player on the leaderboard is going to be a really long hitter, a real high ball hitter, um, a really great ball striker in that regard? No, there's always anomalies and outliers. But when I get down into ranges like this, I, I like to increase my chances. So with Sebastian Munoz, to me, with his skill set, 
and his recent form, um, it increases the chances that you're going to get a, a dark horse. That's a winner um, that, that, that performs very, very well. And so I, I prefer a Munoz because I think he has yeah. the ceiling and I think his floor is a little higher than Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim to me is uh, there's just a, there's a, a big miscut risk. There's a big miscut. Yeah, the risk. bottom, the bottom can drop out of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. There, there, there is no it's floor. A, I don't want to fall into the basement here. I'd, <laughs> I'd like to get a, a Munoz in there where, man, I, I really, I don't know. I, I feel like, are you with me on that? Do you think he's got a little bit of a higher floor? Uh, oh, oh, for sure. I mean, Siwoo's, Siwoo's floor is uh, probably as low as anybody's. Um, I mean, we've seen him go through stretches where he just can't figure out the game. So yeah, no, I, I think that's, you know, I mean, since the end of last season, has been, he's, he's been great. So I 100% agree with you there. Here's a name that I think we have to talk about. It's Henrik Stenson. And this is trying to decide what's more important course history because Stenson's been phenomenal uh, at the masters or a uh, recent form where he's missed four of his last five cuts. I actually think he WD'd um, in Houston. Like, like now we're playing that game again, Greg. Yeah. And this game is one that I've gone back and forth with in my, uh, in my career, there was a time where I liked course history more than recent form. Um, I, you know, you follow those trends, it's easy to get on board, but I've learned through time and many losses and getting burned <laughs> many times by guys who always play well at, uh, at, at the masters who weren't in good form coming in. I've, I've been burned too many times. So I, to me, it's clear the advantage is in recent form. And if you just consistently play recent form over course history, um, you use course history, but, but when you're in this debate, you take recent form over course history, you'll be more successful. So to me, recent form is everything. It it has grown so fast for me this year, um, especially. So I'm all recent form and I am, I'm staying away from Henrik Stenson. Yeah, I'm with you there. The name that I saved, Greg, he's actually from the 8K range. Uh, it's Jordan Spieth. You know, it, it's it's kind of similar to the conversation Time we just stamp. had. But, uh, you I'm know, <laughs> I'm not going to touch it. I know that, you know, we, and we were talking about this earlier. We, we've never had the Masters during an NFL Sunday. Uh, so these these big contests on, on Daily Fantasy sites, the casual fans anyway, they get uh, are now, you know, now there's going to be a Masters with an NFL only DFS players who are like, oh, Jordan Speed, he's good, right? He's good at the Masters. Like, I'm, I'm interested to see what his ownership is going to be. I don't think I'll be contributing to it in any, in any way, but I, I do think it's uh, very intriguing this week. There's a, an advantage. This is the interesting thing about Jordan. Um, he makes birdies. He can make a lot of birdies still, <laughs> even though he's not in great yeah. form. So I don't, uh, there's a, there's a pathway to him being a good pick. But the thing that worries me is the double bogeys and triple bogeys. He makes, he's made 12 so far this year and it, not that many rounds. He's played what four events, I think missed three cuts. Um, so you're looking at six tournaments there and, and then uh, he made two cut or while well, there were two, uh, four round events. So that's eight. So you're looking at um, 14 events and 14 rounds and he's got 12 double bogeys or worse. And that's, hugely concerning to me. It's a sign that he doesn't have control of his golf ball on command. And when that happens at Augusta national and you want to hit the ball to the front right quadrant, as Ricky referred to Rick, uh, Mm -hmm. or the back left quadrant, or you need to put the ball in a, in a, a quadrant on the greens 
and all of a sudden the opposite shot comes out and you're, I, I don't care how magical your short game is, you're done. And that's the biggest concern with Jordan for me. It's the big numbers. And I mean, you want to enjoy some Friday afternoon sweats. Uh, Jordan's your guy, but he's not mine. Uh, he might not even give you a Friday afternoons. I tried to get, I tried to get infi- inside information earlier in the week or last week on, on, on Trevor Immelman's game because he's in here at 6,100. So I, I threw in the group chat. Like, How's the game look all this stuff. Can he beat CT pan? He's, he's not playing. So I don't think there's anybody under, what do you think, Greg? 60. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't play. Would you play Charles Schwartz? Only 6,500. That would be, uh, I probably wouldn't play anybody under Lonto, but would you play Schwartzel or anybody under there? Uh, well, Schwartzel in particular, possibly, I think he's still swinging. Well, I think he's still got something in the tank there. We remember how hard he was trying to get into the playoffs at the end of last year. And I liked that. Yeah. I think you could see some fight out of him. He's not my favorite play. Um, but if you look down like a, a guy like JT Poston is interesting to me at 6,300, uh, Tyler Duncan, those, those players, even Jimmy Walker, who's going to have bones and Kai on the bag. They pique my interest more than Charles Schwartzel specifically. Um, but I'll Tyler Duncan and JT Poston would be the two guys. I'd probably leave, uh, Jimmy Walker out. It's really just that bones is going to be with him. Why I brought him up. Um, but JT Poston is at, with his fingerprint, a really solid iron player. Now it's been up and down of late, but I, there's this sense that he could play well. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but there's a sense that his, his thumbprint, his game should suit this course somewhat well, but it's unlikely. I, I mean, this is not a comfortable range. You're, you're looking at a, um, at, at some players who have not been playing great. So I, I don't really like this range, but maybe a JT Poston, maybe a Tyler Duncan, if you had to. All right. I think that'll do it. Uh, Greg, it's going to be a great week, isn't it? Oh man, this is <laughs> um, a one of a kind week that I love. That's why I'm wearing my, I'm, I'm wearing a master shirt here. I may not take it off until Sunday. Um, fortunately, Rick, we're, uh, we're social distancing. We're on zoom. We don't have to be together so I can wear the shirt all I want. There you go. Uh, We are going to have so much more content throughout the week, including round by round breakdowns, our storylines and best bets that's coming tomorrow. Plus a master's mailbag on Wednesday. Remember, put those questions in Apple iTunes, five-star rating and review. We'll answer them. That's our, that's our win-win situation. Uh, Greg Ducharme. Thank you very much for joining me. You can find Greg on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.